Yes, Batman, it's Cape Crisis, the comic book podcast hosted by me, Henry Gilbert. That's H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. I don't have their soundboard ready. It's fine. I, and who else okay. is co-hosting? No, wait, 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 <laughs> and, and this is a podcast about, it's a weekly podcast about comic books, sequential yes. art, line drawings, all this yes. stuff, where we talk about everything that matters in comic books and some things that don't have anything to do with comic books. And I'm here with just my good old buddy in a two-for-duo episode, Christopher Antista. Yes. Soundboard's loading. Hi, everybody. Hey. I, uh, boing. Um, a lot of pregnant pauses here. Yeah, sorry. Episode. It was still loaded up from Cheap Pockets. I'm not prepared. We had a mm. crazy weekend this weekend. Well, yeah, it was like we did stuff and didn't like just sit in our homes no, I, hating well, ourselves. So. Heidi and I have been having like busy-as-shit weekends. For mm. some reason, hey... Not working a job that cost me over 60 hours of my week and then doing laser time on the side <laughs> leaves me a ton of social time. It's mm. great. It has yeah, been awesome. It is so, nice. so the last couple of weekends, I just, yeah, let's just go out of town, like on the BART, like, or walking distance, or mm-hmm. biking distance, or go across the bridge. Yeah, it was cool to see you guys in Berkeley. You guys mm-hmm. came to visit me, and I mean, Heidi is used to that area. She knows that area to yeah, some degree. I don't. I don't know it at all. And so I'm, when you say, like, oh, is this a bad area? I'm like, no, it's this one. Like, yeah. Heidi's like, yeah, they would, the, the the street we were staying on, that's the bad street. It was? This. Well, you could barely tell. It's just mm-hmm. like, it was a normal backyard, and the backyard to the right of it was a normal backyard. To the left of it was a building of commerce with razor wire all around it. <laughs> and I haven't seen razor yeah. wire in a residential area in a long time. Yeah, I mean, my neighborhood used to be all right. By, You're I, Berkeley, by the way. Yeah, I, I swear that people in the house behind me are drug dealers. And I know I sound like... You sound like an, an old, old lady. Bitty. I always like, the dr- they're the drug dealers behind my house. They're dealing the drugs. There we go. Better late than never, right? Uh, but seriously, they like they get they are smoking weed outside all the time and are constantly getting in, in screaming matches with each other mm-hmm. and and I've heard broken glass and just thinking like this sounds like a fight like it or mm-hmm. somebody's getting fucked up. Well, there, like, well, you are also from the south. And there then there's is, also there's like a, a tone to a fight. Yeah. To, there's fight I feel words. that I hear the fighting words and also like. There are the bored girlfriends sitting outside who are just like they're the faces I've seen too of like the girlfriends who sit outside like when will this drug deal be over <laughs> like, like let's just go Tony uh, could you just buy that fucking <laughs> shit and get let's get out of here like I've been witness to that stuff like I had a friend who like uh, in Berkeley no this is back Damn, in Florida I had Bob Mackie sound all queued up <laughs> no I had a friend like back in Florida who. Uh, just you know, just became a drug dealer. Like he was like, oh, I'm around drug mm-hmm. dealers. They have extra drugs. I guess I'll start selling them. And the one time I went over to his place when he was a drug dealer, I was like, everybody's on the precipice of getting in a fight. You and your girlfriend get in fights all the time, and everybody around here seems just miserable if they're not in a haze. Like it, it's like so what kind of drugs were these? Uh, he was mainly weed, but he he could get you harder stuff if need be. I mean, not meth. He was not in that. This was was about 15 years ago before meth was this big a deal. Well, meth, I don't, like, 
my well, actually, bu- the South. Yeah, my buddy went to, to be. A, he was a firefighter in Florida, and then went to go be a firefighter in Nevada. And like, you guys heard of meth? And like, yeah, I've heard of it. Mm-hmm. It's a huge problem elsewhere <laughs> in the country. Like, yeah, I've heard that too. But mm-hmm. he's like, no, it really is. Like, everybody's addicted to it. It's awful, and it still hasn't really hit Florida. Mm-hmm. I remember my friends were aspiring junkies. That's when I sort of stopped hanging out with drug dealers, getting high, <laughs> the occasional line, ecstasy. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Hey, I like mushrooms too. But when <laughs> you, you, you go in the house and there's like four people on the couch who look like Stephen Hawking, mm-hmm. it's like, I don't want to be here anymore. Well, then I can't yeah, casually it takes all the, the fun out of it of just like, well, and, and I've seen it with people who just like, they just exist for drugs. They're mm-hmm. like, well, I plan my whole day around when I will get my next drug. It was awesome. They, just, it, they drove yeah. to Atlanta to get heroin, <laughs> and somebody OD'd there. Somebody OD'd. Like, everybody OD'd, and it's like, why do you aspire to do this? Yeah. What, what is happening? Because uh, they can't stop. Like, but, but it wasn't, it, they weren't addicted because they couldn't get it. Uh-huh. Like, they went all the way there. They wanted to live the heroin lifestyle so bad and immediately OD'd because it was either too much or a bad batch and like shouldn't mm-hmm. That should be all you fucking need. If I like, ah, I'm gonna try this Dragon Quest series, and I immediately OD'd, my tongue flew back in my throat. Like, I don't know. You're right. It's not for me. I'm not gonna keep this trying. This nearly to get killed into, me. I'm not gonna try and get into this. There's other things. Well, I'll just play this other thing. And just, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Maybe There's I'll just get drunk. Or, so many other. Or things. play Final Fantasy. Well, what we the... what we did do that was awesome. Other than like that dog was cute, wasn't it? Ginger? Yeah, Ginger the dog. As you who... can see her on my Instagram, a C Antesis S E E R. She was a leg. sexist dog who liked men more than women. Never, yes. I have not seen that in some time. Like, maybe mm-hmm. I have seen that in the past, but usually I've seen dogs the reverse. Like me. I've seen the reverse of dogs that hate dudes. Just and like... please don't write in the comments about how I was a dogist by saying dogs don't like me. <laughs> But, but yeah, it was a nice. I mean, it definitely had. It was a well, puppy. Like. It was. It was what it was. It was a. It was your birthday present, mm-hmm. which I'm not. I'm not a wealthy man now. <laughs> no, nor was I ever. But like now, uh-huh. it's definitely like can't do much. But you're always saying come to Berkeley and let's eat cheap. It's it's half the price. To, it, like I spent, I spent half the price on all three of us eating. Yeah, including yeah. getting you an extra savory crepe to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, than I did on just like Heidi and I, and the hot dog too, and the hot dogs, yeah. and like because San Francisco is so fucking expensive. Yep. And but what I wanted to do, and I and and I do absolutely recommend doing this with your friends immediately, immediately. So my plan was is to like surprise you, take you to your local comic book store, just buy you whatever you want. Uh, within reason. Within reason. Within yeah, I reason. picked out one book in a in a single issue, and something else in you. Uh, yeah, this mini comic. Yes. Yeah. I it's thought it was going to be one too, people. Just you know, I thought <laughs> Hank was aware of my financial situation. Turns out, no. Uh, <laughs> I took but, advantage of you. It's true. No, but it, but but what it was is that like it wasn't any pressure on you picking anything, mm-hmm. and it was just like I don't know, maybe buy something you wouldn't normally buy yourself, but are slightly interested in. But what was really cool about it, it was essentially both of us walk. We do a comic show on a weekly basis. <laughs> Yes. Yet both of us talked more about comics, walking around a comic book store for an hour. Oh, have you read Stray Bullets? No, I haven't read Stray Bullets. This is what Stray Bullets is about. There's a Stray Bullets sale right now in Comixology. Mm-hmm. And yep. I was wondering if I should take advantage of that. Not that I have the means. But, no, uh, it, yeah, it was funny to walk around, walk around the comic shop and this... I forgot what it was like to... Uh, it's always a surprise mm-hmm. to learn what it's like to window shopping it, mm-hmm. to just walk around and like I don't know exactly what I want yeah. I'm gonna look instead of like I came to this I came to Amazon knowing what I wanted mm-hmm. and then I bought it 
the end. But like, instead, we like we just talk. We pointed at stuff. Oh, have you have you read that? No, I haven't. And he, I bet I, there was one or two times I reminded you. Oh, I just I haven't just read read comics you recommended me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, and then it was it was cool to just yeah to see straight bullets and be like, look at this giant straight bullets yeah. omnibus. Like it's awesome. You should have it. Or or to grab like uh, oh, what's this interesting new book? Mm-hmm. I've never heard of this before. Or I got really lucky. Well, yeah. So, what did you get? Well, I um, I'm trying to. I, I'm fact checking the one I got. I I ended up getting, and I wasn't going to get it myself anything. It's just that like I had I didn't get Brian Lee O'Malley's seconds the first week it was out, and I went looking for it for somebody's birthday and to three different comic stores in San Francisco and was told they're all sold out. I wish we had some knowledge of when the second printing will be, and we don't. Uh, and I go into Berkeley, and it's just like. There's four. There's four of them. <laughs> Just on the shelf. There's yeah. four of them on the shelf. And I'm like, I I don't want to wait any longer. I don't... Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of want this book... I just want this book. It's a yeah. really, it's a really nice cover. It's and it's uh, like it's an actual. I thought it was. This was an embarrassing thing that happened to me mm-hmm. at Comic Con where I went to Oni Press because mm-hmm. they did the two. They did Scott Pilgrim and they did yeah. Brian Lee O'Malley's previous book. So when I went there, I was like, oh, so we're seconds. And they say. That's at the and in a very nice way, but they're like that's a random house. I was, like, I, was I didn't I, know that until I finished the book and like all the people at Random House. I'm like I don't think I've read a, a comic yeah. from Random that House. That shows you like he's such a big deal. Random House yeah. like we'll publish you, even though like really it's still like a, the littlest midget and like <laughs> oh we're or the, yeah. no the world's tallest midget. Sorry, I'm mm-hmm. just like we're Random House. We're we're a big deal in book yeah. publishing. But uh, yeah, that, so then I felt really bad because now that. Now I know a tiny bit about what it's like to, you know, for people who work at comic book companies that's mm-hmm. or just people who work at companies like that where it's a sensitive issue of something like that that probably bugs them very much that like, who knows, this is my assumption, that it probably bothers them it that does. Brian Lee O'Malley published with somebody else and not them probably because he just was offered a better deal. Yes. That So then they have to go like, it's over at this place, buy it there. No, no, the only thing I can relate to, having to answer the same question over and over yeah, every day. That I had to be the 800th person who came up to them like, so where's the, it where's seconds? It weird. Like, yeah, and, and, and to the, the uh, young lady who was working at Oni Press that day, she mm-hmm. was very friendly about it. And, and, like, and, uh, that, and I bought that and just because I'm looking right next to it and like I meant to pick up this IDW, Mars Attacks, Popeye, Real Ghostbusters, Transformers, kiss crossover yep and never did and like this is exactly the kind of thing when i free comic book day when i'm like i'm gonna buy one thing from every independent comic store just to help them i found like amalgam comics shit you know is it might not be on the shelf again in a year yeah like this is the type of thing that will probably disappear and never come back Mm -hmm. yeah crossovers like that that are out of print like how you can't get that uh the tmnt and archie Mm -hmm. one like that's just out of print the the TMNT books Archie published, those are still in print because Mirage owns the rights to those, but they they don't own the rights to appearing together with Archie. And it's like this thing that's it makes you wonder why people do crossover comic they or it's why they don't do comic book crossovers anymore, because you can see back in the day they agreed to have like, okay, we'll do one print run of this and then we don't have to work with each other anymore. This doesn't <laughs> this doesn't continue existing. We just agree to publish this book together and then yeah. we're done. And if they want to reprint it, then they have to get in a whole other conversation. Yeah. 
And and that's something that you can do when you're two medium-sized book mm-hmm. publishers of things that are big characters you license to other toy no, manufacturers. I just, but when you're two, when you were Disney and mm-hmm. Warner Brothers, like I was just writing a. Maybe you can talk more about that here. I was writing a bunch about Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Ah, and and it, it, I did have to go back into the history things because I've always said like this is why crossovers like this. Your Marvel vs. Capcoms, all that. This is why this can't... It shouldn't exist in the first place. Mm-hmm. So when it does, don't be surprised if it goes... Don't be surprised if it, it goes away. Taken and off don't the yell yet. at the community managers. Because <laughs> I, it probably wasn't their fault. Um, mm, that's an interesting thing Yeah, you like say. that? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but it, uh, the Who Framed Roger Rabbit portion, it was um, last week, and everybody... I was so busy last week, I didn't have a chance to write it up. And then I wrote like 5,000 words on it. And then I'm I'm still cutting it back as of this recording, <laughs> uh, but it was to, to what's really important. It was it was uh, I don't know how much I want to say here, but that's that's one of the best crossovers ever. Yeah. And I've always said like it's my it's to me it's the best movie of all time. You're free to disagree, but I hope everything within a genre you like somehow manages to appear on screen or on page together in official capacity. I mm-hmm. wish that. For, I wish that for you. Well, and and odds to, are you will not see it like that. Well, and to get to do it for a movie yeah. that always exists, yeah. like, and that will stay It'll, being made. Thank yeah. God. Thank God. And then I feel like it's the only thing, like, it's because Steven Spielberg is that, like, has that it much was power. mixed like, in with that, and that's what I tried to get into. Spielberg can get anything done. Uh, you can go read the, the, hopefully it'll be live by the time this goes up, the, the story. It's, it's my story on the take of the new Roger Rabbit news, and... Fuck, there's, there's a new Roger Rabbit. There's new Roger Rabbit news. It's great. Yeah. New old Roger Rabbit news. But it was um, it was more about why hasn't there been any more Roger Rabbits? Mm-hmm. And that does have to do with Steven Spielberg owns half of a Disney property, or mm-hmm. Amblin does. Yeah. And they both get equal approval. And yeah, they had some spats here and there. and like, But that, that's well, not really... DreamWorks is not something like... This. That's... Yes. <laughs> that's way more of an issue. Mm-hmm. I, that Spielberg can't make something with a competing company, but it's also like how pathetic Disney was back in the, when they made that movie. Yeah, they needed whatever they could get. Like they just... so, they sold off half the rights to a character because they they weren't sure of themselves. Mm-hmm. That would never ever happen. It would never again. happen now. No. It would never happen again. And like and you look at what came out before it: Great Mouse Detective, Black mm-hmm. Cauldron. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the live action movies that were out, but they're so Black fucking hole. forgettable. Uh, that's that's a little earlier, like ten okay. years earlier, but like maybe think something wicked this way comes, Return to Oz, mm-hmm. a bunch yes. of like memorable failures, and so they had they had not had success in the animation department, they had not set, had success in the live action department mm-hmm. at the, all. The now their business strategy is very much like we will give you a lot of money up front, but we yes. own the rights forever. Like it, we get forever. But it was that too, and Spielberg did negotiate a price for the Warner Brothers characters. You know what that price was? Mm-hmm. Five thousand dollars a character. That's ridiculous. five thousand dollars a character. And why was that? Because Disney was nobody. Warner mm-hmm. Brothers didn't consider Disney competition. Wow. At that time, and That's... and then one year afterward, Little Mermaid, and we roll into Beauty and the Beast, and. Aladdin and Lion King and a new animation renaissance for the company. And Warner is like just trying to catch up with animation and can't do it. Bother me if maybe I'll continue doing it, but I wanted to show you is like when those didn't exist, how big Roger Rabbit was from the. It's tragic Mm -hmm. to me because I think he's a great character. I think there were. But after, but after Little Mermaid, he was late yesterday's. If you look at if you look at the Disney parks for those three years, those like 
two, it was like two years in between. Roger opened, MGM Studios opened with a 1940s movie motif. <laughs> and who was there to greet them at yeah, the it gate? it was perfect. It, it was, was Roger, yeah. Eddie Valiant, and it was, per- it, I don't know if it informed what they were doing, but it was perfect for it. Uh, but if you look at, like, there's, there's Parade, they tour the country, it was Giant Mickey, Giant Roger. And then there was Mickey's 60th anniversary celebration. Roger's a co-star. He was that big for that very brief period of time. I thought he always would be. I thought we'd see a sequel. And then I just went and looked into it a little bit. And like, yeah, Spielberg rejected some scripts. But it was more like, okay, now it's been like 10 years since this movie. I don't know if we should go Mm -hmm. forward with this. Okay, now there's this thing called CG. (laughs) Okay, this movie's budget just doubled. Yeah, this movie's budget just doubled. It's been ten years. I'm not sure if we should. And it just it kept dying. It's a victim of time and timing more than it is a victim of angry exe- angry executives and Hollywood mm-hmm. egos. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean it. Uh, Why did you say all that? <sighs> uh, I guess it just had to do with just crossovers. Why crossovers can do happen and then don't do happen, happen and then then go away for a long time. I mean that's something that's made me uh, appreciate the behind the scenes on video games too. Mm-hmm. Like in in the cases of. Uh, PlayStation Battle, uh, All Star Battle Royale, yeah. and with upcoming Smash Brothers game mm-hmm. to to a slightly lesser extent, like the Smash Brothers game, they got Mega Man, Pac Man, and Sonic yeah. in the game, and to do that, they have to get Namco, Sega, and Capcom to all agree that their character, like how many things they have to allow, like mm-hmm. the character can do this, your character can do this. Mm-hmm. This can happen. Like every move must be like. Yeah. Well, this is what it looks like when Mega Man gets punched. This is what it looks like when Ma- when Pac Man does yeah, this some move. Idea. Yeah, that it's all these things, and they have to get all three of them to agree. Mm-hmm. When also, like they maybe they don't want Mega Man to look as uh, look weaker than Pac Man in some way, and you have to. You probably have to. I ne- hope it's not that Roger Rabbit situation. It- you have to negotiate a lot of red tape, and then you look at like PlayStation Battle Royale, which maybe wasn't the best game. Mm-hmm. But when you see that they somehow pulled off getting like, like EA, Cap, uh, EA, Capcom, uh, Konami, and uh, I think there was one 2K. and Two K all to agree of like, yep, yeah, your characters in here, there they go, mm-hmm. right there, and and their own internal studios, which mm-hmm. also have like is way more complicated. Than Nintendo, Nintendo's like, yeah, it's all ours, but yeah. internal studios at Sony, no, between Dog, Japan, America, and Europe. I'm and not all, sure if if Sony has any real claim to Nathan Drake. Well, I mean, they own Naughty Dog, so... They, well, do they? Yeah, they own them. Are you sure? They're first party. They're right. first party. All right. All right. Maybe they do. But I remember, at one point, Microsoft owns the makers of Destiny. But no, the point is that, like, they... It's still little camps. They all have to get all these agreements yeah. on. It's not easy. And that's how it is with video games. Uh, comic books, too. It, it totally is. Yeah, and that, yeah, and that uh, like... And, and usually, what, the, the, what you need to overcome this is mm-hmm. easy. A passionate person appealing yeah. to another passionate person. That's how we got Roger Rabbit. Happened. Steven, Sp- Steven Spielberg gave a fuck, mm-hmm. was able to appeal to passionate people. But when they go away and they're not working on the project, uh, this guy wants to use uh, Pac-Man. Who is he? Don't care. <laughs> uh, d- d- our, our deal is to say no. Yeah, that's 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 how those things. It's fall safer through. to say no. I, Kinda, I, I yeah. won't let. Yeah, that, I think um, especially if you're in Japan. Why? Well, uh, yeah, I mean that's why you see in the Disney Infinity game, you're not even seeing the X Men. The X Men are yeah, not. That's in a bummer it. because that's out this week. Yeah, which uh, uh, I I ha- I've seen the toys in person. Like Rock Raccoon looks, looks so great, good. and there's like a Gravity Falls power up in it, like, which is so yeah. It just won the discs. It's not a toy. I know, but it's like I, you want the Donald toy. That's I want the want. I want the Avengers and Donald. Mm-hmm. Um, 
sets. I, I'm going to be careful with how, I, how much I buy into Guardians of the Galaxy merchandise-wise. Oh, yeah? Avengers has had 30 years to sink its claws in me. That's mm-hmm. fine. That's fine. But I can't, I'm not immediately going to lose my shit over everything that's grouped. The Guardians are a big deal now. It. They've been totally. number one in the box office for a while. But what, okay, but what comic book did I buy, you asked? Yes. What did you buy? Uh, it was uh, The Last of the Mohicans, 10-cent manga by Shigeru Sugi, uh, Sugiura. No, Sugiura? Uh, whatever. That it's, uh, it was this comic, this, um, uh, this comic produced in the 70s that's about a, uh, an American story that the, like, the, the guy is drawing through like parody and, and yeah. co- satire. It's... It's a really interesting thing. I, when I saw it, I was like, you know what? I got to get this. I got to check this it out. Really cool. It looked really interesting. I have yet to really read it. I did read uh, Forever Evil. Uh, that was another thing. While we were there, I was trying, like, I'm not buying one superhero book. I'm buying oh, some. And okay. so I didn't. But, I guess we, neither of us did, did we? No. And I was telling you, Straight Bullets is awesome, but mm-hmm. it's 60 bucks for the whole set, which I still think is it's, a good deal. The bundle on Comixology is $34.99. Yes, I know. And it's... Uh, and it's digital that you can read anywhere, not a giant book you have to carry mm-hmm. around. Um, but no, what was I going to say about? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I read Forever Evil mm. and uh, the big. It, did it wrap up? The, yes, it, it wrapped up earlier this year. It was a big crossover, and it's still it's not great, and mm. it has like some cliches in it, but it definitely still like John's gets the characters, and because he's. The big wig at DC, he gets to tell his story pretty much seemingly all the way through. Like, nothing upsets the apple cart in the middle, like, oh, no, you can't do that. Or, I killed this character in another book. He's mm-hmm. like, nope, this is my story. Like, I'm doing it the whole way really? through. So, like, people who were you thought were dead just showed up? Or he just gets to make the rules. Oh, just okay. like, this character's making this big decision about themselves, and it's happening in my book, not in somebody else's book. And, and it's an interesting idea that Batman has to... All the Justice League but mm-hmm. Batman is captured and are, are gone, seemingly dead. Yeah. And oh, that's, that wasn't the, the, the villain. Uh, yeah, and that the only people that can save uh, them, can save the Earth now, mm-hmm. are the villains teaming up to stop these worst villains. Or, like, these these villains are like, well, I want to take over the world for myself later. Mm-hmm. These guys are taking it over now, and so I have to stop them. And so, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Lex Luthor is the main character. He's He's the one doing the... It, like he's doing the narration for most of it, and so the Batman and Lex Luthor have to team up, and like he returns all the cakes and pies. Them, them playing off of each other is really interesting. So that was a good book, mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, that's uh, the, then there was the Fade Out issue one, which was really good, but it also is the, the first, first issue. issue. And... Uh, but I I also want to get it like just to see it now, and because I was feeling for Brubaker, like mm-hmm. Brubaker on Twitter even just said like. So look, guys, I appreciate if you buy the books, but, like, if you buy the collections, and those do get us money afterwards, but, like, we, you're, if we publish it and nobody buys the comics in the first place, like, You'll have to single change issues, the model. That, yeah, the model is that they don't make the money at first, like, oh. and that he's like, oh, so I just won't make money for a while. Like, I'll just won't, we'll just make this for, like, six months, and I won't make any money. I don't know how I feel about that. Maybe mm. we give you a whole month to come up with a story that's palatable to read in one sitting yeah we'd be I mean, more comfortable dropping more I money i prefer just big uh, it, it is i think it is just like the publishing model of comics that it's just I mean, it was built to make money a certain way yeah. and so that's at, how at they newsstands and grocery stores mm-hmm. and and i i'm astonished by how many comic stores we have left standing 
Because yeah. when, I, when I told you that story, my dad had just told me about... We, we, I think we had a question a week a while back. Tell us about your local comic store. And mine was the Cosmic Cat. And it's, it's, it's had the luxury of shrinking and growing and shrinking and growing and tra- changing locations and failing a little bit and then starting to succeed again and getting bigger. And recently it moved into that same place where you buy like things at the farmer's market and people fix up arcade machines and mm-hmm. build things for Burning Man. That's where the comic shop moved into. Uh, and it was a little sad. And it's been this one guy who's just like, that's what he does. That's what he cares about. That's what he wants to do. And recently my dad said, yeah, I just, he said, I don't feel like, I, I don't have the energy to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And he's letting my city's only comic shop go. Don't let that happen in your city. If he doesn't want to do it, nobody wants yep. to do it. Don't like, let that happen in your city. I, I don't know if that's true because I, I know my favorite place here, Mission Comics, it's having its big five-year anniversary sale right now. Five great. years. So it opened up five years ago. It's not hardly what you call an institution, no. but I think it could get there. Well, that's great. And uh, and what we went to is really, it is a really good, Fantastic Comics is mm-hmm. the name of the place in Berkeley. And it it's a good store with a good open layout mm-hmm. and it has a lot of like tables in the front that like hmm. here here's books presented to you like this is just a good and they, book. they do what mission it. comics does i think the, the front table was like here's some local artists yeah local Sell, artists support your local art and also non-superhero stuff yeah. like look if you're here for superheroes we it's don't a, need to tell you about it like yeah. it's back there just get them yeah, or just, you have a pull list you and see you all just that red and blue that's all dc and marvel yeah, yeah. But we have other things, like, but they put the other stuff at the front to in, influence people to come in. And when I went to the one, meanwhile, in, uh, in the Richmond that's by a friend of ours' place, like, when I went in there, it was like, it was the nightmare version of a comic store. Oh, really? Just, well, no, it was just like, all the comics were up against a wall, but there was no space. Like, it was just wall to wall, like, just like shit. Just mm-hmm. like... Like, uh, here's all these toys stacked high. Like, you're just going to squeeze in between everybody. There's no... You just feel, like, crammed in. And, like, it crammed mm. in in someone's dusty garage because mm. they didn't, they didn't, they didn't mm. sort through their stuff or they just have too much stuff. Like Too it, much inventory. Yeah, it felt like you were just coming into uh, 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 the, the people who saved the hoarders. A hoarder's place. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yes. I yeah, it felt like you were going into a hoarder's I've, home. I've mentioned it before, but a, a young comic proprietor is Mission Comics. What do I like about it? Mm. What do I like about it? What? you got a big front like table like, uh, with uh, new stuff on it, but yeah. usually it's not like... It's staff rec- staff recommendations. There's yeah, such a there cool was thing. that a fantastic comic Staff well. recommendations, and then there's like... Everything's very clearly laid out. And in one section, a place to sit... In a lending library, you can literally walk out with the with these comics on a borrow basis. That's pretty good. Uh, in the back, some T-shirts, but also a local comic esque art gallery, a, a space where people can come in and talk about their comics. It, it also offers that, so it doesn't just make itself. I sell comic issues and toys. I celebrate the form that mm-hmm. is comics in every conceivable way. Yeah, and and that uh, that's what I don't know. I'm sure like. Our comic writer Johnny works for Jetpack Comics. I think they were just didn't they just reunite Eastman and Laird for the first time publicly oh, yeah, in a couple yeah. of years. But like, think beyond selling issues and toys, and how do you grow this culture? And the comic book place should never go away. The mm-hmm. local comic book store should never end. Yeah, it'll be sad when the digital books go away. And also, like, one other thing about digital books is they can't. Your comics likely will never increase in value. I've had. I owned so many comics that never, like, they never did. Mm-hmm. Only a handful that ever became actually valuable sure. in the 20 years I was buying mm-hmm. uh, real-life copies. But 
if I only had digital copies, then I never would have had anything. That, that and is that really important to the medium? How much your comics mm-hmm. are worth? Well, I like that they no, I like that they can appreciate oh. in value, and that they like that there is value in the printed page of like this is a single thing that could only exist when it was published this time. I think that also helps the hoarder mentality. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the comic all, <laughs> comic fans are all junior hoarders. Like I'll say, I'm trying I, to get. I'm I I didn't want to even do work on Laser Time today. I just wanted to do. Goodwill and garbage house cleaning. Let's get it all out. Mm-hmm. Let's get it all out. Just be free. Yeah, and someday I'm just going to do this giant contest and give away a bunch of DVDs and books. Um, people go like DVD, whatever, yeah. whatever. There's still probably still people out there with no internet somewhere. <laughs> I remember all that fuss over the Xbox One. It's uh, that's true. Clearly, has, someone out there has to be with that internet. I guess so. I don't know how you're listening to this, but. Yeah, so we we'd like that, to thank our NPR sponsors. That's like uh, that's uh, that David Tell joke we said. The he Amish. said like, uh, yeah, because I'll never hear it. Like same deal. Like you don't have the internet, you can't tell. We're making fun of you. So, <laughs> what did I read? Uh, I read seconds in like about two to three sittings. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. It was glorious. It was clearly written by somebody who is dealing with their coming off of a success. Like, you think so? The start oh, yeah, of the yeah, yeah. book is the main character going like, "Well, I was really successful, and I want to try to do another thing." Yeah, I just I that did that is how it starts. It just mm-hmm. it just felt to me like the same, the same thing that was great about Scott Pilgrim. It was somebody of a certain age coming face to face with issues people of those age tend to face. And now you're old. Now the characters have aged up with the characters you, age like, a little bit, but then this it's this supernatural device mm-hmm. to get characters to confront. Their fear of change. Their real fears. Yeah, their real fears. Yeah, but then the main character is a thirty-five-year-old or something mm-hmm. lady, like twenty-nine. Who, okay, she's twenty-nine. Her name is Katie. So younger she's than fucking you. hysterical. Yeah. yeah, but I think I think I that was definitely more recent in my life yeah. than the yeah. days of Scott Pilgrim. Oh yeah, and uh, it, it you, you 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 anybody listening who's been there since Talk Radar, you got to hear me as Scott P- Pilgrim, and you got to hear me as Katie. That's like <laughs> the really weird thing about it. Because mm-hmm. I got to feel like both those people. Like I was sort of like, oh please, yeah, no video game references, cool, except for one, mm-hmm. which was great. Um, and you can, did you did you notice Scott Pilgrim and Ramona Flowers? Yeah, in the book? yeah, that was okay. a cute yeah, spoiler. What? What? It's hidden somewhere in the book. You have to find it. Mm. But yeah, so good. It was a good day of, of thinking about comic books, mm-hmm. visiting a local comic shop. Uh, you owe it to yourself to do the same thing yeah. with someone you care about. Yeah, what a just, cheap and easy birthday present taking <laughs> someone to the comic store even though Henry ordered way more than he should have <laughs> it was also fun to look at all the kids books that were there yeah. and be like, it's just all the Archie stuff like look at these old Archie I did get a good Archie digest. Instagram out of it yeah mm-hmm. no it was great and that's stuff you wouldn't see otherwise like you wouldn't see it on Amazon you wouldn't see it on Comixology like, well that's actually what I thought was weird we went in there and this is Space Wise is one of the bigger comic stores I've been in in a while. It used to be bigger, and uh, and it just occurred to me like all I bought as a kid because I didn't have much money mm-hmm. were used comics, and yeah. the used comic market is dead. Yeah, and they used to have long boxes in there a long time ago, and I think they did just give up on like nobody buys these. Like they're they're but, they're, they're this vestigial tale. <laughs> what? A vestigial tale. I know what it is, but as in an unneeded or an appendix, just a thing they needed at one point as mm. a as as it would they could make money off of it, and then people stopped buying it. But they were like, "But we gotta have the long boxes of old comics." And you're like, "Why?" 
if people want to read the old stuff, that's why you have the reprints everywhere. Mm. Like that's why. Well, you're right; those were not happening a lot yeah. back in the day. I we talked about it on that Simpson on the on the Radioactive Man discussion. Yeah. Like you had to buy Radioactive Man number one to see his origin. Yeah. Like these days. Marvel, DC, they're like, here's the origin. Look, please, read what the origin it, it is. We want out, you to know. It came out in my lifetime, which was like, Marvel's number one. It's reprinted in this one volume, and like they never did that. Mm-hmm. Before like 1978 or 1984, mm-hmm. you could not read comics from 30 years ago unless you bought that comic. Mm-hmm. But it still bums me out, because if it weren't for those nickel uh, thing issues, I wouldn't have gotten myself through elementary school. <laughs> The thing he was, I have, I own like that whole run through like used comics. That's good. Think yeah. solo books. Uh, so yeah, that was that's what we have been reading, and now it's time we're gonna take a break. When we come back, this week's superhero spotlight, your answers to last week's question of the week, and a brand new question of the week. See you on the other side. <laughs> Everybody, welcome to the break for episode 108 of Cape Crisis, the comic book podcast. And I really hope you guys don't skip through this because I love telling you how much I love you guys and how much I really appreciate all of you wonderful listeners out there. No matter, you know, if you agree with all my liberal diatribes or you're wrong. No, I'm, ki- I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, no, I, 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 I like the diverse group of listeners. I really do appreciate that. And, uh, you know, if you would like to support the show, there's a lot of ways you can do that. I have to alert you guys to this every week. you got to know. Go to lasertimepodcast.com, the home site for Cape Crisis. That's where you will find a PayPal button on the site. You can click on that PayPal button, give a little bit of a tip to the show, help us out with that. Or you can buy a t-shirt from the t-shirt store. Uh, that also gives a little money our way to help us. Uh, pay the bills you know internet ain't free guys i wish it were oh do i wish it and then of course uh there's all these links on the right hand side of the screen that add to amazon you can buy any of those things off of amazon and a little bit of money comes our way and no extra charge to you now you can buy what we suggest but if you buy anything through that new tab money comes our way what uh what did i buy recently i bought a new dry power workout shirt and a box of oatmeal is so really see there's so many things you can buy on amazon and i probably gave the site you know a, a couple of bucks a couple of bucks that way and you can do the same thing too also if you're on itunes be sure to subscribe it really helps us out same with reviews both of those things really help out the placement and visibility of the site uh, of this podcast on the itunes all right and now it's time for the hanks corner Pick of the week. You know, I was talking up straight bullets before, but uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on another David Lapham book, which is 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 very similar to Straight Bullets in that it's also a very gritty noir and a very long form single story of noir. Twenty bucks gets you Murder Me Dead, which I shared with Chris recently. Like, it is really worth checking out. A really great, just like gritty story of like murder and debauchery and sin and blackmail and and all this really interesting stuff like it's just a great crime book 
written uh, written and drawn by one of the masters, David Lapham. Like, totally worth checking out. You can find a link to that uh, to buy it off Amazon on this week's episode that you'll find on LazerTimePodcast.com. So check that out and all the other things. And now back to the rest of the show. Episode 108 of Cape Crisis. Wait, I have something. What? Speaking of comics, Uh this weekend, Grim just messaged me. Oh, yeah. Comedy in the park. Let's do it. Stand-up comedy in the park. Free stand-up comedy outdoors, family-friendly, 3 p.m., giant audience. Henry, I don't mind saying it's the place. It's where you see stand-up in its purest form. (laughs) In Golden Gate Park. In in Golden Gate Park. And some of it was absolutely horrific. And, like... (laughs) I don't like. Were they real? I immediately said like, like professionals. I wasn't uh, like who's there and like Heidi's like oh, I don't see. Oh Dana Gould. I'm like oh I don't care. I'll go. Dana oh, Gould's there. Yeah. I'm going. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, Dana Gould was there. Tom Rhodes I enjoyed um, quite a bit. Uh, Kamal Be- Kamal Bell uh, closed the show and nobody W Kamal Bell. No W Kamal Bell. Did, nobody did really well. At least I think we were sitting too far back. Uh-huh. Cause, like wanted to, like anybody who is sitting on the ground and facing me. Mm-hmm. Fucking leave, <laughs> fucking leave right now! And there's yeah. a great Instagram of like these. Oh, two, I saw that picture. Those two hipsters stand up, and Grim just. It, it, I just, I shouldn't have zoomed in on it because like there was a lot of space in between, and Grim just mm. ran up and sat right behind them until <laughs> they moved. That's uh, great because we were so kind of annoyed. Uh, but the best, yeah. It's like if you're gonna stand up, get out of there. Yes, yes, like, yes. Yeah. Move, move out of the way. There's literally like there's a hill of people behind you. You're ruining it for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you ever wonder why I have. People who ruin things for other. <laughs> all, right, all right. Anyway, but uh, more it was uh, that was really funny. My favorite part. My favorite part. It was all family friendly, and everybody pretty much stuck to that. Mm-hmm. Someone even came out and said, uh, "Kids, when I say fiddlesticks, I'm actually saying a bad word." Um, <laughs> and then it was it was also a memory of Robin Williams. Um, oh, big... man! I did that never. That didn't even yeah. come together for me. There, there were two people who came up and like just did Robin tributes. Wow! And just talked about uh, Robin Williams, and then. Um, Margaret Show came on. Yes, and she and she's. I've. I've I saw I've, that picture of her. Oh, you. I saw oh, a you picture did? of her in her underpants. Oh, hold on, then. I was. I'm getting to that. Sorry. I'm glad you saw it. Because uh, I love her. I've seen her uh, several times mm-hmm. in San Francisco, like almost an accident, because it's like too expensive to see her on purpose. Uh, <laughs> but if she shows up at a show, yeah, we've we've seen her together. That yeah, she saying she's saying a song about her pussy. I think it was. Yeah, like, well, yeah. that was. I didn't realize it was the Bob's Burgers comedy night. It was. Kristen Shaw, Eugene Merman, mm-hmm. uh, John, John, Roberts. John Roberts, and then she just came out and they sang together. Yep. That was really cool. But um, she came out and just like nobody gave her the memo about working clean. <laughs> nobody. And what was also great, so we were talking about that for different reasons. Like I never wrote a tribute to Joan Rivers, and I love Joan Rivers. It didn't come pouring out of me. I felt guilty about the Robin piece I wrote. Mm-hmm. But I do love Joan Rivers. There's a documentary on Amazon Prime. And piece of work. Piece of work. It's right there. You can see how unappreciated she was while she was mm-hmm. still very much alive yep. and very funny. And then and, she turned into she turned into a punchline of her own. Mm-hmm. Probably, like, I've seen it argued just because, like, 
She just kept working. She didn't mm-hmm. like you see it in her film. Like I don't like an empty calendar. Was she said? Yeah. She she just kept booking dates. Oh, all that appearing white. on stuff. All the white. It's blinding. Exactly. And that she was like, she was just so great. There, there. Just read Julie Klausner. Read her uh, her remembrance mm. of, of of Joan Rivers. She it's was beautiful. She was very much worth a remembrance. Yeah. But I'm saying we're sitting outside. Everything's family friendly. Mm-hmm. I know way too much about Gould's material at this point. And I didn't... Yeah, it's hard to imagine he could even do a PG. And like, I'm seeing version. like, wow, that was... That really skipped to the end. <laughs> um, uh, and there was a bunch of that and then she came out and saw but I was just sorry guys, I just came back from Joan Rivers' funeral. The cool thing I got to see is I got to see Howard Stern pretty much crying while delivering a uh, eulogy about Joan Rivers. Wow. And I'm going to do it for you kids right now. <sighs> Joan Rivers' pussy is so dry. <laughs> Joan Rivers' pussy was so dry. If only she was in that tub with Whitney Houston. Maybe she'd still be alive. Like, wow. I'm looking around and I'm just seeing like, these kids like, what does he mean, Mommy? Like, Yes! This is the greatest ever. Wow. And I don't know why she chose to close with it. She's like, I have a lot of tattoos. And then just pulled down her pants. And she has two, tattoos of two people on her ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with her nose pointing into their asshole. And she's like, and if I twerk, it looks like they're talking children. Like, yes. I'm so happy I got to see this. She is. Yeah. I, I'm, uh, I, I was there shocked was a big the first picture time. I, well, yeah, well, yes, there was. But mm-hmm. I've. I've seen pictures of her before, and I, the first time I saw it, I was shocked. Of like, wow, you have that many tattoos. You're not, you're not the all-American girl anymore, <laughs> as was the name of her TV show. That was the, if you, if from twenty years ago, from twenty years ago, the name of her fucking TV seemed show seemed important at the time. Yeah, well, I was saying I watched state, it a lot. Quentin yeah. Tarantino did an awesome guest appearance. He stabbed a turkey with a thermometer. Yep, Liz Winstead was on it. I think was she? Uh, she she had a Winstead. white friend. I remember that. Mm. B.D. Wong was on it. Playing uh, an Asian? at the t- well, her brother and he's gay. Though. I don't think her brother character really? was. BD, uh, no wait, uh, yeah, he's and the guy. He he was. The, I know. Um, Father of the Bride, yeah. Oz, super gay. Yes, in the movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> in the movie, I didn't know in real life. It doesn't real, matter. IRL, it doesn't but matter. Uh, I do remember back then people, Asian groups were making a stink about it because they. She's, I believe, Korean. Mm-hmm. I don't want to misquote. She's Myself Korean. on that, but yeah, she's, she's Korean. Korean, and that she made, and it's about her Korean family, and they're mm-hmm. like, but this actor's Chinese, this one's Japanese, like this one's saying, dirty knees. Hmm. What? But no, they were they were mad that they were other ethnicities playing, and like that, like all Americans think all Asians are the same. Like it, it made people mad, and and Margaret Cho was like, her, def- I believe her defense to a degree was just like, well, these actors aren't going to cast in anything else, like they. <laughs> they're getting they're, they're, or this is the first time they've been cast in an, in a non stereotype hey, role. Asians, right. no one gave me that kind of sympathy during the casting of Super Mario Brothers. An Irishman and a Mexican playing the world's most famous Italian brothers. Okay, all right, now it's time for the the superhero spotlight. Collect your hero. All right, so. Guys, first off, tell us if we've done it before, but I don't think we have. So last week we were talking about the Teen Titans Starfire, a.k.a. Coriander. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
you know, we talked a bit about Dick Grayson, but I feel like why don't we talk about Dick Grayson for real right now? He played a big role in. He is the cornerstone of, of Forever Evil of the team. Of Forever, he's important to Forever Evil. He is the cornerstone of uh, of the Teen Titans, mm-hmm. who are getting like a pilot TV show on TNT. Oh, is that actually happening? Uh, yeah, yeah. But That's I mean, crazy. it's in conception right now. But uh, but yeah, and also he's going to be turning seventy five in the next year. Like he's a big deal. Wow. Like he is he is the first. So what you just he is the first sidekick. This is one of the first big conversations I had with you. I think you were talking mm-hmm. to me about either Ultimate Warrior or Robin. Um, what? Yeah, like well, you had sort of it sort of blew my mind when you told me how quickly Robin was introduced to Batman. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't. It was a very quick thing. Yeah, I mean... It wasn't like Batman's running out of steam. we got to poochie him up. No, that it was just... that. Yeah, he, he appeared first in Batman number 38 in mm-hmm. 1940. So Batman in a, hadn't... Like three been, years. Like two or three years. Yeah. Batman had been around for two or three years. Like Batman's 75th anniversary is this yeah, year. Yeah, I'd imagine it was like 15 years in. And then yeah. like, like he had all these stories without Robin. And it turns out... No, he doesn't. The majority of overwhelming majority. I mean, they always had stories of like him not with a kid. I know, but he's always in the universe. But yeah, that he, the yeah, and his um, his origin has stayed pretty much the same. I only said remember when we were going up and the Tim Burton Batman's were out, and even the Nolan ones are like, we're never putting Robin here because Robin Mm. sucks, and like. Well, he, no, he doesn't. He, <laughs> well, he Robin, sucks in the show. Robin opens a lot of doors. Uh, it starts a lot of conversations within the universe that hurt the reality, which is tenuous at best, mm-hmm. that they really want to stick with, which is like, they can, you have to see the Commissioner Gordon and the police can forgive a vigilante or like work with a vigilante. Mm-hmm. Like they would do that. But that vigilante then showed up <laughs> with a 15 year old boy who was like, oh yeah, he's going to help me fight these murderers too. Like that wouldn't happen. But I know like, these are like different times. I have recently watched Citizen Kane, mm-hmm. and a young boy was sold off to a millionaire. Yeah, these were th- these were not uncommon. You were the war, not uncommon thing. Yeah, ironically, that's who played him in the show. Burt Ward. <laughs> Burt. <laughs> yeah, it is funny that Burt Ward played Dick Grayson, Holy Bruce shit. Wayne's Ward. Um, and and yeah, the, the but he was the first ever sidekick. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he and, was. And it was, I believe, don't quote me on that, guys, but one of the first. And it was, and it was, it was turned into, like, you can definitely see the homoerotic, like, mm. reading is very easy. And you wonder, like, if that was always beneath the subtext. But I feel like it I wouldn't have been was, there if, if Robin had worn pants. I think it is as simple as just. A guy said, kids will buy this if there's a kid mm. in the book. Mm-hmm. More kids will buy this if there's a kid in the book. So yeah, kids love, kid kids love the idea that like he could team up with Batman. I mean, it's why you see, to today, you see kids' cartoons. They, they In the, in the 90s and 80s, mm. they made superhero cartoons. They're like, oh, yeah. well, we got to have oh, Wendy yeah. and Marvin hanging around. The kids can't project themselves There was that one character. laser time where we talked about the, 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 the horrifying origins of Space Ghost. Mm-hmm. He has... <laughs> Space Ghost is dead. Uh, he is a space ghost avenging his dead mo- his dead wife who died with the f- unborn fetus of his child in, the, in her belly but yet he runs around with two two teenagers and a monkey and a monkey <laughs> and a monkey that wears a mask yeah. he's like he's, uh, <laughs> this monkey has a secret identity he has to and, and could all could recognize him otherwise though that bothered me as a kid too that like 
Dick Grayson just he wears a domino mask mm-hmm. like he's a little boy wearing a domino mask who like a Halloween bandit in the old in the old comics gets photographed all the time mm-hmm. it's just like when he got, when Dick Grayson is Nightwing got unmasked in Forever Evil mm-hmm. like it's just they remove a line around his face that any Photoshop person could just do like <laughs> oh that's who he is he's this guy like it's yeah, that easy and uh but yeah his 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 uh, origin has pretty much always been the same which is that his parents die he, he's mm-hmm. a circus performer a trained circus performer which explains why he acrobat which explains why he is a natural mm-hmm. at, uh, at doing all the stuff batman had to train 20 years to do mm-hmm. he's a natural at it his parents die in front of bruce wayne uh, who's at a charity carnival mm-hmm. And then Bruce Wayne is like, you know what? You can live with me, and you can, I can back you up, and like, I'll, I'll protect you. I'm your ward. He never adopts him, yeah. which is why it was a big deal when. But he did in one of the Batman in the in uh, after Infinite Crisis officially adopted yeah. Dick Tim Drake, mm-hmm. the third Robin, which was a really big deal. Like mm-hmm. they never adopted Dick, but D- Dick was. I mean, he is his son. Like it is mm-hmm. that that was something I really liked that Jeff Johns played up with Batman that like nobody. People never did. I, I rarely had seen in the grim and gritty years of Batman, which is that that Batman really cares for 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 Dick, and yeah. that he is like he's a father figure and yeah. likes being a father figure. And yeah. there's a part where they're on like this in Infinite Crisis. They're on a mission with uh, the new Blue Beetle, who's like this 17 year old kid, 16, 17, having trouble handling his powers. And Batman just talks him through. He's like, No, 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 do this, do this. And he's like dealing with him and then green arrow like doesn't know what to say to him and then batman says like you were never good with kids like it was just... <laughs> but yeah that uh, the dick was just the goofy sidekick would be like holy smoke like that mm-hmm. that was pretty much just created for the tv show going like holy whatever batman i, I, have, I have a clip we can bring up okay because previously we discovered that i had discovered through uh, nerdy shit that uh funmation filmation had produced animated shorts for sesame street with the voices of Adam West Ward and, and Adam West, Ward. Yes. Previously, we learned the difference between up and down. Oh, um, but this time, we will learn um, how to cross the street. Thanks to the Joker. Stop, Joker! Stop in the name of decent citizens everywhere! That's definitely not Adam West. Stop me, dynamic duo! <laughs> Let's get him, Batman. Not That's here, Robin. We'll cross the street the right way. At the corner, remember? But he'll get away. Yeah. I don't think so. Holy man! Fell in a manhole. Actually, Robin, the Joker was lucky. Now he'll only spend some time in jail. If that car had been going a little faster, it could have finished him off forever. Always remember, Wouldn't Robin, that have been no matter how much in a hurry you may be, always cross streets at the corner. Uh, you can't kill Joker, but you can encourage him not to use the crosswalk. <laughs> uh, don't be like Joker, kids. Use a crosswalk. <laughs> Boy, uh, good old Casey Kasem. But yeah, yeah so he was, he was Robin for 44 years. 44 wow. years. Up until to, From when? 1940 until July 1984, when in Tales of the Teen Titans, okay. uh, which was the side book for Teen Titans, <laughs> he took on the role of Nightwing. Like, he had been growing up, yeah. steadily growing up into the 80s. They finally let them age. Like, they had... He had been kind of like, oh, I'm 18, but I'm Robin kind of guy. And then he eventually like just got sick of it. He's like, I'm not your I'm not your sidekick. I'm not Robin. I'm going to wear pants. Yeah, I only saw there's a really cool interaction with him in the movie version of The Red Hood. Yeah. And uh, there's a little conversation of that. Like, come on, Bruce. I'm not. 
<laughs> I don't work for you anymore. Yeah, I'm my own yeah. guy. And he took on the name of Nightwing. Uh, that was actually the, an identity Bat, uh, Superman invented in the in the Bottle City of Candor. Really? Yeah, for himself. Yeah, for himself. Because when he goes to the, see when he goes to the Bottle City of Candor. Mm-hmm. He uh, he kind of loses his powers, but he still he still wants to fight for truth and justice while he's there. So he then becomes a Batman style caped crusader. Wow. And it's I know that. crazy shit. Ha- there are so many crazy uh, Superman stories, like a million of them, yeah. that are all just insane and amazing to read. But uh, but yeah, so then he kind of had to step up his game, and he became Nightwing in 84 and has been ever since like he's kind of gone since in between almost my entire lifetime yeah. Dick Grayson has not been Robin in a, for a couple t- uh, for probably a total of two years he's been Batman or he was Batman mm-hmm. and then went back to the Nightwing persona and is now just the dude like he's just agent Tim Dick Grayson like, as of right it. now as of right now because his secret identity is dead as of forever evil mm-hmm. And so now he's just a guy on a secret miss- mission from Bruce Wayne. Like, that's that's wow. his thing. And he's gone undercover. But uh, And as far as his, like, romantic partners have uh, been, it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty much just been his, his two big ones are Corey from Teen Titans, who he hooked up with in the 80s. And then around that is, is uh, Barbara Gordon. And, like... I think it's just too simple to put him with Barbara Gordon. It's just mm-hmm. like, yeah, they're both young guy, young kids uh, working up the for dynamic. Batman. Working back or no working back? I liked more when Bruce Tim, like, really screwed with it in mm-hmm. the, in the in uh, in the DC continuity in the animated universe continuity. Mm-hmm. Batgirl ends up with Bruce. Like, they have a dalliance. And what like, in the animated series? in the animated universe? Yeah. Well, not the animated series. The well, that's a little that? too hot to handle for kids. Yeah. But, uh, but no, like they they imply a connection between the two of them, and oh. that also that annoys Dick certainly. But like, yeah. like it, think it, all right. Reflect back in the Batman Beyond series, the history that's between. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barbara and Bruce when they How talk was, about I, it. I haven't ever seen Batman Beyond actually. Oh really? Yeah. You you gotta watch that. Okay, it's, I think I'll it's it on tonight. Netflix, isn't it? Or, but it's a great series. But then in the Batwoman uh, animated movie, and also mm-hmm. in the late seasons of the Justice League, mm-hmm. like they set up that like that him and Barbara, Bruce and Barbara get together. Like, really? They, yeah. It like there was yeah. a profound age difference between them. Uh, 10, 10, 15 years. Like, Bruce does isn't comfortable with it, I think, at first. And then Barbara's like, hey, I'm a grown-up. Like, I don't care. Oh, like, it seems like something so fun to be uncomfortable with. There was also a funny... Oh, there oh, oh. That, that takes me back to a funny commentary track on uh, on one episode of... One of the late episodes of the, of the Batman animated series in the second run on Warner, mm-hmm. or on WB... Uh, that they there's a, there's an episode that seems to uh, takes place in what seems to be the end where it's just like Barbara Gordon is de- is dead and that Jim Gordon is hunting Batman and he knows who he is and it's just like this is the end of it but it turns out that like it's just Barbara reacting to fear toxin and then that she dream- she's dreaming of what it would happen if she died mm. on the cases uh, with Batman. And when she wakes up, like, she's not in her Batgirl costume. She's in, like, a, uh, uh, a medical gown. And then, and then like, the, the, the director goes, like, hey, who undressed her to get in that 
Yeah. And then Bruce Tim just goes like, Ugh, I need to ask that question. <laughs> Look, it was it was Alfred. Alfred did it. He's a doctor and he, he did it like a gentleman with his with looking away. Like that's that's how he undressed her. I was like it was a weird conversation a for them to have. He's a medical doctor. He he sews up Batman all the time. He he does field medic medicine. It just seems like, you know, could stri- aspire to be able to do a little more than buttle. Well, he's the noble butler who He also chooses. brings drinks. He's a noble man who yeah, choo- yeah, yeah. he's a great man who chooses to be a supplicant because he's that noble. Oh man, I'm gonna start my own YouTube series based on this now. <laughs> uh, but uh, but so yeah, that, tropes. That pretty <laughs> that pretty much tells you where uh, where Dick Grayson's at these days, and he's just he's he's also they've portrayed him as a better pure fighter than Batman. He's not smarter than Batman, mm-hmm. but if you just put them in a boxing ring or like, or uh-huh. if you put them in the, in the UFC octagon, one guy has to beat the other. Uh, Dick has youth on his side yeah. and natural ability. Yeah. Cause when I do see them meet up in certain Gotham scenes, it's like with, unless you have the ability to fly, like only Batman can be up here on this, on the lip of this gargoyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Nightwing will just, I don't even have a batarang. What's up? Yeah, what's going on? But that he could, but but that also he doesn't have. He has he has quite a will. But Batman, did you read a lot of the new Nightwing in the new Fifty Two? Uh, in the it came recommended. Well, yeah, to there me was an interested situation. They made it more interesting when they connected him to the, to the Talons mm. and the Court of Owls. Oh yeah, like, that was that, man. That was really cool. I would love to go back and read that. Yeah, you give it a look. Yeah. Give it a look. Well, I, the, the Nightwing stuff I never read, and whenever I like, please give me DC recommendations. Mm-hmm. Nightwing was always up there, just never at a good price. Now, I bet. Well, I bet you get all the first ten issues for a buck now. I bet maybe. But all right, so that is the superhero spotlight. Collect your hero. Mm -hmm. Ah. Okay, so now it's time for your answers to last week's question of the week, which, if you remember, Chris, I don't. Was uh, asking if uh, power levels do they matter? Mm. Like, do you take them all seriously? Like, and I do take them seriously. In the past, I definitely have. We made a whole video about it, which people embedded in. Oh, nice! In the thing, which is, is that perfect. even possible? Like, is it old Brightco player? It uh, <laughs> no, it's on YouTube. Come on, okay. nobody uses Brightco. Boom! Right, Brightco sucks. But um, so Aimbot Master was the first responder, which was I remember when you guys looked at Marvel vs. Capcom three stat videos. Good times. Anyway, measurable stats like Hulk can break adamantium should have a yes or no answer, even if it's mm. yes, but only when he's really angry. Mm. Writers need to know the obvious winner, though. And then he has this scene that I'd never seen before, where that uh, appears to be Black Panther defeating Silver Surfer, like. Which seems crazy. Yeah, like, where, and it looks like they're in space. Well, yeah, he's he's kind of putting him like in a, in like a sleeper hold, like a police sleeper hold in space. And he says, "I'm wagering that your physique is as humanoid as it appears. If I'm right, you won't be able to break this hold, despite your vastly superior strength." Uh, unhand me. It's all about leverage. Mm-hmm. Really? I just uh, without the board, he can't. Or I'll tear your arm off. I guess so. I don't know. It just doesn't seem... Uh, it's, it seems unbelievable. But, I mean, that's that's what I like about it. Uh, what I like about that scene is that <laughs> Black Panther is the, is the should be the smartest guy in the DC Universe. Or at least the most t- 
tactically aware guy in the Marvel Universe. In the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. He should be the smartest guy in the Marvel Universe. All right. Next up was uh, Cody Stovall, who has a great image of, <laughs> of Vegeta nice. smashing the power reader, which says, Power levels are bullshit. Dude, I actually like power levels. He says if they, uh, if they're, if they keep them. They don't need to be uh, stated, though. Just keep the, keeps the status quo. Superman is strongest. Batman more skilled. And Warmer Woman is the in-between. Mm-hmm. And uh, Roswellianism says, uh, I'm going to have to say no, as the power levels constantly fluctuate between writer and series. Batman, Spidey can take out Juggernaut in one series. Yes, I admit I read the hard (laughs) Rob Liefeld X-Force with him in it. Then Spidey gets flattened by Juggy in the next. In terms of Marvel, DC, pen and paper role-playing games, though, those do matter. They help the game along and can create some interesting story situations. And while we were doing the comic shopping, we walked across the street to the analog game store, and we're looking at Hero Clicks. And I always said, like, I'm so glad I didn't get into these. Yeah. These look so dangerous for my pocketbook. Mm-hmm. And that woman was relentless. You should. Yep. We have a league here. You can borrow some. Like, what are you doing, lady? She wants to get I you addicted. She's a dealer. I can't do this. <laughs> um J.J.B. Sterling says, from a character point of view, how strong he or she is is irrelevant to me. For example, Daredevil is super awesome, and just because he doesn't have super strength doesn't mean he isn't a great character. However, when writers go overboard with favorites, <laughs> like the page of Aimbot Master posted, it's infuriating, it's irritating as hell. This happens so much with Batman that he is just the John Cena of DC at this oh, point. Oh boy, he really got to Hank there, yep. J.J.B. Sterling. I do love uh, John Wesel's answer. I guess not, but then again, if Spidey does one day knock out Galactus, I will have to change my answer. <laughs> Uh, Batman Boy says, To the extent they do matter to me in that I like discussing and thinking about who would win in a fight or something like The Flash would outrun Superman, which I do love. However, I don't really care if they're altered or change over time. I just like a nice and simple way to figure out who's where in the superhero totem pole. <laughs> uh, i got to read this one just because I just mentioned it. And the name is awesome. Sega Galactico. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always thought the argument that Wolverine doesn't have the arm strength to cut the Hulk's uh, was sort of silly. Uh, power ratings should be used solely for the creators themselves. Otherwise, we might as well well we, we might as all well be playing hero clicks. Damn! Now I have the urge to play hero clicks. <laughs> uh, then uh, we have Raccoon Hale uh, doing his ranking of all raccoons and their and their <laughs> their qualities. So he says that power ranking does matter to that. Mm-hmm. And uh, then thank the- you, Smurf the Smurf this way for posting those videos. Those were some of our fa- some of my favorites. Yeah, they're right there in the forums, people. LazyTimePodcast.com slash forums. And uh, I think that uh, Chase from Chase from Takeson, Tampa? Mm. Okay. Uh, but says, I think power levels don't matter at all. When I visualize in my head how strong each hero villain is, I don't think about some assigned value associated with strength. It's more like Hulk, Colossus, Wolverine, Dupe, I think that <laughs> that have to have a static number limits may, uh, limits the ability for the writer to tell stories. I think I want to acknowledge Raccoon Hale because his signature has always had um, Raccoon power rankings. Yeah, and it's uh, number one Rocket, two Rocket again, two three Sly, four Bandit, five Cartman as the coon, six Ranger Rick. <laughs> Ranger what happened Rick. to Ranger Rick? Um, Shin I graduated to Kid City. That's what happened. Shin says. 
They don't matter at all to me because they are usually wrong. Example, Spidey has an intelligence rank of four. Mm -hmm. Multiple Marvel geniuses, including Tony Stark and Reed Richards, have mentioned that Peter is one of the brightest minds on Earth. That's true. For scale, Star-Lord and Otto Octavius have intelligence ranks of five and six, respectively. Mm -hmm. I think that's because Dan... I think this smartness thing is something Mm -hmm. Dan Slott and, and before him, J. Michael Straczynski, have popped up because they're like... Peter, they kind of let Peter just not be smart for a while. And they just kind of put it in the back burner. And then eventually they had to go like, no, this guy's a genius. Like, he is a genius. Like He did uh, invent, like, most of his powers. Yeah, he well, he invented this this webbing. He invented Mm. the webbing, which is nobody can do that. And the suit. And the suit. He's done all this stuff. And, like, did he build his own suit of armor? No. Is he Greed Richards? No. Like, uh, how does he stick to walls? It's his, his powers. He can make any part of his body stick to walls. Yeah, but through a suit that he made. Mm-hmm. It's important but, to mention. Well, it's I mean, not the little hairs according to the movie. Uh, a couple more here. Ravenborn says, only so much as we can agree that Squirrel Girl always wins. Yep. Totally agree. She should win every fight. And Midna Majora says, I think it is important to understand your characters, including their power levels. At the same time, you shouldn't be super picky. Sometimes, as Chris said, it's more fun to see those expectations subverted. The only thing is if you do it too much, it can undercut certain characters. You must be, So it must be done carefully. That does remind me of the... Uh, so the Ultimates were super popular mm-hmm. ultimate x-men were super popular and both were being written by mark miller and so mark miller did a crossover book where they fight each other but it was a total subversion of what you expected from a crossover book in that 90 percent of the fights happened off screen and Iceman beat thor like and just that you're like oh yeah he just froze him like he froze everybody like that it was just what you didn't expect it wasn't that it even made sense so much it's but not it was necessarily beaten they're yeah. just but they are incapacitated. I'm confused, people. Uh, there was also oh, you know what I you know what I'm going to talk about this, so then we can ease into this week's question of the week. So this last week, mm-hmm. it was actually for a video game event, but I got to meet one of my comic book uh, idols growing up. So uh, they had a video gamers night at uh, at the San oh, yeah. Francisco Giants game on uh, last Three Wednesday. Todd McFarlane, San Francisco Giant colored uh, Arnos from Assassin's Creed. Creed Unity. Wow. Yeah, that they were, I, they were so goofy. I had to get well. Like I like to go to one. I wanted one really. Bad. I like to go to one baseball game here, and this one was awesome because it was so goofy in that it is just like. The the assassin, except his white and blue, has been replaced with black and orange, and he comes with a hat and with a helmet and a and a baseball bat. Oh, that's dumb. With great drawings of him, like holding the bat over his shoulders, like mm. his original art. I'm like, this is great. I'm glad they did this, and that McFarlane Toys, who are just making McFarlane Toys, make everything. Mm-hmm. And and then I got to meet I got to meet Todd McFarlane. So wow. I got to interview Todd McFarlane and meet him in person. Take a picture with him that I tweeted it, and he threw out the first pitch, and uh, that like a makes, girl. No, he 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 got it to the he got it. I it would it would have been a ball totally. It was not a sinker, <laughs> but McFarland's a big baseball fan. He loves baseball. He was the anonymous donor or the he recipient bought two famous baseballs of the Mark McGuire. He bought the Mark McGuire one, and he ball. brought and he bought a Barry Bonds one as well. Wow. Uh, but yeah, he did all that, and so. And he even, when I interviewed him, he had this interesting thing where he said, like, he likes working with Ubisoft because their office is three blocks from the baseball park. So he's like, well, meeting's over. I can catch a game. (laughs) And he's just like, 
I just love seeing the boys play. It's great. I was like, wow. And, and my interaction, you're not a nerd. My interaction with him started started weird because I did ask him like, or I said, oh, this is so awesome to meet you. Like, first Spider-Man comic I ever had, I think, was one of yours. Like, like one of the three fourteens or something. He's like. And he said, "Wow, you must have been really young. Like you, you had to be really young, right?" I was, I felt bad. I was making him feel like old or something. I'm like saying, "Like yeah, thirty, twenty five, twenty six years ago." Wow. I think old. one of the first. So yeah, the, I think my history of Spider-Man comics was like I had a couple Spider-Man issues my parents bought for me, but I didn't regularly buy them. The first time I bought a Spider-Man comic, was like I have to buy the next one and the next one and the next one, mm-hmm. and I'm addicted forever. Like that was when I it was Todd McFarlane's last Spider Man book. Really? It was issue sixteen of Spider Man, which was his last one when he quit and then went to Image to start Spawn. Mm. And it was like just seeing Todd McFarlane's Spider Man was just like mind blowing. Like I loved his Spider Man. And and anyway, it was just really cool to meet him and to you know, I couldn't ask him much about like superhero stuff because that wasn't what the interview was for. Mm-hmm. Though I did have I didn't get a chance so my biggest regret of, of meeting him was was that I didn't... I had one super nerdy question I was going to ask him just at the end after the interview was over. <laughs> you showed it to me. Because I was like, oh, this interview's over. I'm going to ask him this nerdy question. And uh, and I'll be ready for it. But the dude... The the handler, not for the video game company, but for the Giants. Mm-hmm. It's just like, no, you got to get... You got to go. Like, you know, the, like we're, the thing is open. I don't care. Beat it, Poindexter. Get out of here. Yeah. But I was going to ask him, I had up this page from Kindle mm-hmm. of, of, of one page of Secret Wars number 12, which was from the 86, I think it was. And I just want to ask him, like, this page looks like you drew it uncredited. Did you draw this? I just wanted to ask him. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but I got chewed away. And I had the page up and everything. Like, I had it you already. You were able to pull it up for me very quickly. I pulled it up for you very quickly. got to be able to corner him again. We'll but they got see me if you get a tip of off from Ubisoft. I will. Uh, yeah. I, but he was, he was really cool. So my yeah. question was... What is a cool experience you had meeting a comic book creator you like? And it cons count, all this stuff counts. Like, anytime you met a comic creator that you like, tell me about your favorite moment of doing that. And that's that's the one I'm just going to go with now. I maybe have one more favorite one, but that is a top one for me. And then on top of that, is like. Mick Foley? <laughs> I've never met Mick Foley. <laughs> My dad loves Mick Foley. Which Does he? It's crazy. You have something in common with your father, and we didn't you know. You know, me and my dad have more in common than I like to admit sometimes. Which, but it is just like, and I never liked it as a kid when when I started reading The Hobbit. He was like, "Oh, I read The Hobbit. I love that book." I was like, "What?" This is my thing, father. Same with like The Simpsons. Same with Duckman, and now Mick Foley. Like he loves. Like he saw Mick Foley stand up. Like that's he likes it as a stand up performer. We haven't done that yet. He's just like Mick Foley's so funny. Like I love his stories. And that he likes that McFoley like wants to be Santa Claus and is like <laughs> trying to live his life as Santa Claus now and and he like follows him on Twitter. I was like, what is going He's on? He's also here? the second to latest episode by the time you hear this on the WWE Network's Monday Night Wars. Yeah, uh, that's which great. is my favorite show on non television right now. I mean, I've never got to I've never got to meet Mick Foley. If I did, I could tell him how much my dad loves him. Like, oh, I hope you have a story like he's a dick. The one time, well, no, Dave, Dave Rudden got to interview. It's him impossible. One time. Mick Foley's a dick. It's impossible. Yeah, I let Dave interview Dave and I. Had, uh, Dave Rudden and I got to negotiate who got to interview who on that trip. I was like, mm-hmm. all right, you get Mick Foley, especially because 
Dave is a Long Island guy. Yeah. McFoley's a Long Island guy. Like it, it makes sense. Give me and, some dude love. And then meanwhile, though, I got to interview Jerry Lawler, which I really ah. like. Like Jerry Lawler is the king. He's a Southerner. He's he's from my well. He's from Memphis, Tennessee, and Tennessee and Arkansas are near-ish. Mm-hmm. But uh, but also that he is a big comic nerd. Like he owns a Batmobile. He, Does he, he owns really? one of the 1966 Batmobiles. Wow. And. I saw a clip this week that was incredible, which was... Was it him and the puppies? He, in the, in, the, in the 70s, Jerry Lawler got Adam West to appear on his show as Batman. What? Wearing the Batman mask, but not but a suit. He was like... Wow. It seemed like Adam West was like, I only have the mask. I, I, I don't have anything else. Like, and yeah. like him just breaking all these copyright oh. things. Like, yep, Batman's here on my show. Like, he can't be Batman there. And yet he's wow. there as Batman. I do want to uh, plug that. Anyway, um, do you have a, do you have a uh, creator? Um, not off the top of my head. But I, what I did want to plug is that... Um, we can use your help at Laser Time. We are... Um, we are taking your submissions for articles. So if you want to write features about comics, we would like definitely like to see your pitches. And we have an article up now, and I think it's like lasertimesubmissions at gmail.com. If you go to Laser Time right now, you can see Uncle Sam is pointing right at you. That's who they're talking to. But underneath this page, I wanted to put a link to buying the Disney Infinity set. And my favorite thing this week, a glorious, a beautiful HD trailer for the Batman the TV series complete mm. set, which comes out this year. For the first time ever on home video, in its in complete form, form. Yep. and it and it was like it was unlike a lot of stuff wasn't shot on videotape was able to be remastered in HD and it looks oh yeah because so it was filmed it was good filmed. it looks so good I cannot afford the two hundred dollars for this set but if you can I encourage you to b- buy it, it through LaserTimePodcast.com it'll be underneath the Cape Crisis page so yeah check out all that <laughs> stuff answer this week's question of the week in the forums. And Chris, do you have any other plugs? Later time's new this week, people. We'll see. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's Cheap Popcast. There was a brand new one where uh, in the first half, I am not there to talk about NXT, but then I reappear to talk mm-hmm. about Puro Resu. Yeah. Puro Resu. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and apparently mispronounce a lot of pro wrestlers' mm-hmm. names, according to commentators, which... Uh, Nakamura Shinsuke, that's his name, man. The U is silent, like or like the U's quiet, like Shinsuke, Shinsuke. It's not Shinusuke. That's 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 the wrong way. I'm gonna say that right now. I'm the expert yeah. on the Japanese language. Yeah. I learned it for three months. And you can hear me talk about my new favorite uh, wrestler, Drugs Bunny. Mm-hmm. He's the best. Uh, there was also a new Vigi Game Apocalypse last week, which was Indeed. a l- barrel of laughs. I had a great time with it. Uh, the great comments were great. The Negative comments were somehow even greater because it, it is. Let's des- have a conversation. It's designed for you to feel one way or the other about it, and we're just being silly. And we should have another one of those. I don't know if we'll have that kind of energy, but we'll we'll do another one of those this week before the tyranny of Michael Rapares returns. <laughs> well, all right. Well, aside from that, uh, oh yeah, VG Empire, of course, always the a fun new episode listen. this week. Yeah, yeah, brand nice. new episode. All right, and uh, that's it. So again. Forums, all that stuff. And until next time, Excelsior! Excelsior.